Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hello, my name is Isla and welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm founder and CEO of the Millennial Nutritionist and today is the first episode of October. I feel like my mind is like pretty much just focused on our move. If you don't know, we're moving to Charleston, South Carolina, which is so exciting. I feel like we're like retiring because I never thought we would move down there. I thought when we came to Texas, we'd be here for a while, but just the opportunity came up for us both have remote jobs. So we're doing it, but it does in, like cause a lot of stress. So I just want to share a little thing, a little personal tidbit about where I'm at with kind of like my health goals is honestly right now what I've made my biggest health goal is just to not stress. You know, I just did this move like two years ago. <laughs> from the Carolinas to Texas. And I just totally let stress take the best of me. Like, I feel like I was crying every day. It was just like a lot. And it was, I feel like I just didn't manage it very well. I I think I just put a lot of things first that I shouldn't have put first. And I'm trying to just tell myself every day, like, is this life or death? Like, will you literally die if you don't do this today? Like, just get some sleep and take a nap and you'll probably feel so much better. And I do. However, that does mean like loosening the reins a little bit on some of the things that I recommend as far as nutrition and exercise, I've shared over on Instagram that I have let go of strength training. It's the thing I do hate the most out of the health routine stuff. Um, I still do my walking and I still try to eat low calorie, which I'll get into in a minute. But I just bring this up because people are always surprised when I go through times like this and they're like, oh my gosh, like it's just so refreshing to hear. So yeah, you totally have permission if, you know, if there's some point in your life where you are feeling so stressed out and the healthy habits are actually causing you to have a worse overall quality of life. And that's what I'm doing every day is I'm asking myself today, what is going to make my day better and what is going to make my day worse? I'm kind of thinking about the long-term consequences, but overall, just like, what can I do today to make myself feel better? Typically healthy habits do make me feel better as far as walking, as far as eating fruits and vegetables, like not skipping meals, drinking enough water, stuff like that. But we're kind of at a tipping point where some of the things to get there are a lot, right? Like maybe I don't feel like cooking a lunch and dinner for both me and David and it's fine. I can buy him a frozen meal and I can just eat carrots for dinner and it's going to be okay. Or even I can just eat a piece of chocolate for dinner and that is fine. So I've been trying to let go on the strength training and I've been trying to let go as, as much on eating fruits and vegetables and it is okay. I always tell my clients overall quality of life is what we're doing here. It is what I hope to put out in the world as far as what people should be following nutritionally. It's not about following all these rules just to follow all these rules. Hopefully you're wanting to lose weight and you're wanting to get healthier to have an overall better quality of life. And if you're a client of mine, it's always the question that I ask first. It's like, what do you hope is going to be on the other side of all of this? Because I want to keep that in mind. I want to know, do you want to be higher energy? Do you want to feel better about yourself? Great. Because there are things we can do that aren't really nutrition related that 
we can ensure that those happen. And I never want to get too skewed if you're constantly low energy. If you're feeling worse about yourself while doing these habits, we need to kind of do a check-in and see like what's kind of going on. Do we need to rearrange everything? And that's what I'm doing for myself right now. So all that to say, I give you permission too. The one thing that I am doing though that I do encourage that I did not do last time is I'm still tracking during this time. I think last time I moved, I didn't track. And then I was just like, whatever, I'm going to do whatever I want, which maybe there's a time and place for that too. But this time I'm just trying to make sure I don't gain a bunch of weight during this time. At least if I'm just maintaining, that's a good enough goal, but I am tracking. And I think that kind of helps me too, to be like, okay, if you have had a really stressful day and all you want to eat is chocolate for dinner, You know, there are some consequences as far as like long-term, maybe not the best habit to get into, but as long as you're not like overdoing on calories, Isla, like that's a win for today. We're not going to eat 3000 calories of chocolate for dinner, but we can do a little bit of chocolate, not walk away with a stomach ache and and likely not even gain any weight. It does mean I'm probably doing less vegetables and fruits and the consequences like overall not healthier, but this is a very short period of time. And at least I won't be gaining weight if I'm eating in a calorie deficit still. So I'm not going like all the way over and doing everything I want every single meal. I feel like probably two out of three meals are pretty good. And then if one meal is a total, just like nothing junk food meal, I'm okay with it in this phase of my life. (laughs) So just sharing a little bit of insight. But for today's episode, I want to talk to you about 10,000 steps. But before we hop in, because it is the first episode of the month, I wanted to kind of do a what you can expect, even if it doesn't even go to plan. It helps me to prepare, and I think I loosely kind of followed this plan, right? So I think what I have planned for this month is to do for a repeat episode. I want to pull in the episode that Coach Catherine and I filmed last year. It's a really good fall episode. Hannah and I just filmed one, and it's different. So Catherine is a lot more into, like, the football stuff. And I think Hannah is. So we talk a lot about more about like how you can prepare for for tailgates and a lot more focused, I think, on Thanksgiving-ish holidays. So we'll try to release that a little bit later into the month so that if you're doing like uh, Halloween stuff, Thanksgiving stuff, Friendsgiving stuff, you can start to prep for those times. Also, there's a lot of interest when I was talking about in this obesity certification that I'm currently doing that hormones change, which is a new area of research that our gut hormones do change as we're losing weight. And it's just something that can help. I had a client recently that I told her to read a book that it was about this because she was having a lot of hunger, even though we were doing everything. And she said it really, really helped her to understand everything. And so I'm going to try to like get some courage up to talk about it because anything endocrine related, I don't fully understand and I don't feel the most confident talking about it. So I just need to get my facts straight. So I'm going to review some of the resources that I just learned on because it is very interesting information that may explain why you might have hunger as you're losing weight if you're already doing everything. So let me know if you're interested in that episode and I'll maybe help get an intern to help me with some background information on it as well. And the last thing is what to do if you've gained some weight back. So I'm just trying to take some inspiration from previous conversations that I've had with clients. And this is something that I hear a lot comes up in the fall. I think we talk about it some in Hannah's episode of What happens during the fall time is that you feel like maybe you have some momentum, but you step on the scale and you're up a couple pounds and then you're like, well, whatever, I'm up weight. And then you just keep going up until after Christmas and then you try to lose weight. But like overall in your lifetime, you're probably like always staying around the same weight if you have this constant cycle. But gaining a couple pounds on the weekend is likely not fat. It's something that is probably going to go away by the end of the week. So I don't want you to get discouraged. So I want to do a podcast episode kind of addressing that and addressing like what to do if you step on the scale during this time and you're up a little bit of weight. 
an action plan to make sure it doesn't go crazy and you don't end up just like giving up the whole rest of this fall and into the winter holidays. That's my game plan. For now, I try to just sit down before this episode and think what would be most useful to hear, what I feel like my clients need to hear, and that's the content that I think would be most helpful. But okay, into today's episode. So I don't think we've done an episode on 10,000 steps. I was trying to think I want to do a theme on exercise and millennial living because getting client feedback right now, it seems that as the days are getting shorter, which I totally feel you, I don't understand how the sun was setting at six, raising at 6.30 like a couple months ago and now it's at 7.30. I'm having to totally rearrange my day as well. And then I know we're getting ready to have the time change, which is going to make it even worse. So some people have expressed that they're worried that they've created this good habit of walking and exercising in the morning, but the days are starting to get shorter and it is more difficult. So let's give a little revitalization around 10,000 steps. If you don't know what Millennial Living is, it is our membership platform. It's really created to to have engagement with previous clients. If you are not a previous client, you're totally welcome over there. A lot of it comes from our information in our current program. So it is a, it is helpful if you've already gone through the program to hop over there because I think you'll just understand the flow of it a little bit better. But hey, if you feel like you have it and you just want some accountability, you go for it. We do a monthly challenge. And so this month's challenge is going to be to post your 10,000 steps like on your watch, on your phone, on your whatever technology piece three times this month that you've done it. Once you have done that, you are entered into a pot of people, which is typically only like two or three people, so a high chance of winning, that get randomly drawn to win a $25 gift card to wherever I can send it through an email. So really just a way for you to stay in the game of exercise this month. We always come up with associated content too. So we have um, watch out for our grocery guides. We were doing more like Trader Joe's stuff, but I think we just kind of got fatigued on all the Trader Joe's stuff. So we're now expanding that a little bit more into like overall what you can get at the grocery store, trying to sometimes center around the theme. This month is probably just going to be fall food. Kicking demos and weekly recipes is all over on Millennial Living. So much good stuff. So you should go over there and you get your first two weeks free if you just want to see if it's what it's all about. But okay, let us dive into 10,000 steps. First, I just want to talk to you about why you should be walking more. It always helps me to know why I should be doing something and then I'm more motivated to do it. So I want to motivate you first. And then I'm going to give you a couple of tips on how you can get this in so that you can be successful with it. So why do you need to be walking more? Like, what is the point of it? What do you need to be doing? So the quick and dirty is we have 10,000 steps. There's really no rhyme or reason as to why there's no research that says this 10,000 step is a good number. I think it's just like reinforced everywhere, which is kind of why we pick it. I do find that people burn around like three to 500 calories, you know, depending on your weight. So that is why we want to burn. We want to exercise through some sort of like steady state cardio like this, just so we can have more calorie burn. It could also be something comparable, you know, like it could be um, tennis, running, swimming, dance class. I just, those conversations have never really come up with clients. So I don't talk about that stuff. I've recently been swapping out some of my longer walks if I do a pickleball tournament or something. So don't feel like you have to walk and there's nothing else. The whole point is to have some sort of long-term cardio where you're not building up muscle, but you're just burning calories. And then another just quick and dirty piece of information about it is that it is the weekly average that matters most on these steps. So unlike something like fruits and vegetables and protein, which you kind of have to meet every day for the steps to count for your weight loss, it's okay if you do a whole bunch one day and then not really the much the another day, it averages out much like the weekly calorie deficit. So if you need that reminder, there it is. Why 
Do you need to walk more? As in like, what does it do for you? So I have four reasons of why you should be walking more. Number one, improved insulin sensitivity. So in these podcast episodes, I think I'm going to start talking a little bit more about like prediabetes, hypertension, and high cholesterol because I'm getting a ton of clients that have been sent to me or that have found me because they have now been diagnosed with these things. So get ready. Insulin sensitivity improves when you exercise more, um, which helps to remove some of the glucose from your blood. So it'll help you to feel better. It also just helps to prevent diabetes. If you have prediabetes, it can help to reverse it. And if you have currently have diabetes, it can just help you to potentially not have to take insulin and it can just help you overall. So the way that it does this is by two reasons. So one is the more you move, the more you have blood flow throughout your body, which blood flow helps with so many things, but specifically with glucose in your blood. When you have more blood flow, it does release more insulin and insulin is what brings glucose into the cell. So it does remove insulin from your blood, which makes your blood glucose go down. And then it also just overall makes your body more insulin sensitive. So if you've been diagnosed with insulin resistance, one of the best things you can do is make sure to get up every hour or so, which we cover in our pre-diabetes podcast episode with my dietitian friend. Um, but also just walking more in general does help with this. So if you have pre-diabetes, you need to walk. Um, it also helps your overall mood. So I feel like honestly, like 90% of the people I work with have either anxiety or depression. And so you need to walk. <laughs> um, it really helps too, because blood flow also helps to release more of those feel-good hormones like serotonin. And so this can help you to just feel better, much like a runner's high. It can help you to feel better after any exercise. Anytime you have blood flowing, it helps get all of those hormones in there. So make sure to do that. And also re there's research to suggest that specifically walking outside decreases stress, which is why I really don't like for me personally to walk on a treadmill. You still get the calorie burn and stuff if you have a walking pad. So there's still a lot of benefit to it. But if you feel like you have like a little bit of a low mood or you're stressed out, try to walk outside. Um, specifically walking in the woods is said to help. They don't really know the connection, but if you, uh, you're up for it, feel it. I don't really do this, but I do feel like sometimes if I go on a hike or used to, when I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, I would always go walk at Umstead and I did feel better. Maybe there's something about like unplugging. I don't really know, but if you feel stressed out, maybe go take a walk in the woods. And then lastly, it does help with vitamin D. I don't want to say consumption, I guess absorption. If you're walking in the sun, which vitamin D seems to help everything in, in your whole body, but it has a lot to do with improving your mood as well. The third thing that walking really helps with is it can help to decrease cholesterol. So it increases HDL, which is what we want by three to 6%. And it can also decrease LDL by 10%. And those numbers don't really sound like a lot, but the thing with, with you have high cholesterol is you kind of have to do a lot of little things to improve it as far as getting more active and watching your dietary intake. It's not just like one of these things are gonna solve it. You really do have to kind of do a lot of little things. And so this is one of those little things that you kind of have to do. And then overall, just by losing weight, you will decrease your cholesterol or your, you'll improve your blood lipid levels because you have less free floating fat or ugh, how do I say this? Like fat molecules in your blood that are just kind of like overpouring from your adipose tissue or fat tissue. So by walking more, you lose weight, which also helps to improve your cholesterol. The fourth thing is it does also help with calorie burn. Obviously, what I keep saying is with weight loss, you know, the equation is you have to, in order to lose weight, you do have to burn more calories than you eat. And I don't recommend for people to lose weight only by being in a calorie deficit, because that would mean that you have to eat like a thousand to 1200 calories. And I don't think that's healthy. 
I don't think that's realistic and I don't think it's sustainable. I think what is sustainable is being more active in your daily life and therefore you can have more fun with eating. You can splurge on your birthday and you can have a glass of wine every night if you are doing these things. And then obviously walking helps with so many other things. So I don't think I will ever really recommend you trying to lose weight without exercising because walking just has so many benefits beyond just calorie burn. But yes, one of the biggest benefits is calorie burn. One of my clients had uh, a client story with this kind of is that she found that she actually was intaking a lot of calories because she was busy at home. She was older. She had already had kids that had moved out of the house. So she did have like a lot more time on her hands than maybe some people that are starting out in careers or having young children. But if this is you for whatever reason, maybe your kids are gone in school and you are stay-at-home mom and have a lot of time on your hands. But this client, she felt that she ate a lot in the evening after she got done with work because she just really was bored and didn't really have anything to do and was kind of lonely. So once we started getting her walking every day, she actually just said that she had less time to eat and she had more things to do. So she was eating less. So yes, walking can help you burn calories, but it can also help you to intake less calories by taking up some time. Okay, so now that you're all motivated and you know why walking is important, let's talk about some specific tips on how you can do this, how you can walk more. So I will say I feel like walking, a lot of the times the conversation that I have with clients is you just kind of like have to suck it up and do it. Like unfortunately, I think unlike eating, I either just have less tips for how to make it enjoyable or little hacks you know, you can't really like stock up on stuff for walking. You can't really say like, okay, well, if you find yourself in this situation in vacation, you can still just eat less. Like, unfortunately, you just, you kind of have to just do it with the walking. But I do have some, some things that I do commonly tell clients. And one of them is try to find somebody to hold you accountable. So along with like just having to kind of suck it up and do it, I find that because that is what you have to do to walk, that having somebody to help you make it a habit in the beginning can be very, very helpful. And of course, I want to plug our program because that's what we do in our program. Um, we do focus on nutrition at the first half of the program since we're dietitians. But again, exercise is a very important part of this whole weight loss equation. So we know what needs to happen. So we do help you to set up some good habits to exercise. And a lot of clients say that the biggest thing that our program helps with as far as their walking is just setting small goals. We do build up to it. So wherever you're starting at, I will typically say, let's just increase that by a thousand about every week. A thousand is about 10 minutes of walking, which was very doable as opposed to getting you to do it all up front. We also do not scold you if you haven't done it at all. Like there's a lot of people that come back and they're just like, yeah, I wasn't able to do it. And let's just talk it out. I will never let a client say they didn't do it because they were lazy. We'll really probe into why they didn't do it. So maybe it's that they thought they could do it in the morning and they're just really realizing they're not morning people. It's like, okay, great. Like we're going to have to break it up into multiple times throughout the day or they find that they really just hate being outside. It's like, okay, let's maybe just tack it on to when you normally go to the gym or something like that. So I have lots of individual tips for clients, um, but know that if you are one of our clients or you want to become a client, but you're nervous because you the walking is the hardest part for you, we will never embarrass you. We will never make you feel judged. We really just help you to be your kind of like own private investigator as into your brain as to why this is hard for you. And it's not because you're lazy. There's something else going on and we'll help you figure it out. So the next step I have is to commit to one hour of walking at some point throughout the day. You don't have to do this, but I'll say this because it's what helps me. 
working from home, I am really awful at saying like, okay, I'm going to break it up. I find that even if I do this with strength training, I end up not doing it. If I say like, okay, I'm going to do like an hour of walking and then I'll do my strength training at the end of the day. For me, I have to commit to doing the things I need to prioritize the most at the beginning of the day, doing it all, and then just relaxing the rest of the day. I find too, like working from home, it's defeating because you walk so little when you work from home to say that you'll get it in throughout the day. Because if I looked at my watch, I'm only at 3,000 steps. I also will be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to hit that. What's the point of me even trying here? Like, I'm just not going to do this at all. So if I go ahead and start my day with an hour, and that typically gets me like five to 6,000 steps, which isn't everything, it helps me be like, okay, there's really not that much left here. Like, we'll probably get it in the rest of the day. And I find that is a, I consistently get in 10,000 steps if I commit to a one-hour walk because I will probably walk 4,000 steps the rest of my day. A tip for if you really don't like to do this, because I was reflecting the other day, this is like a fairly new habit for me. I really started this during COVID because, you know, we were real sedentary during COVID and I was gaining weight. So things that really make, help me to do this are to make myself do it as in like, try to walk to somewhere. I walked when I lived in Raleigh a long time ago, we lived in a neighborhood that like, wasn't the best. um, And it was up against a uh, food lion, which if you know anything about North Carolina, any areas with food lions, like, you know, aren't the most desirable, but there was a Starbucks in the food lion parking lot. So I would walk and it was, I think like a 20 minute walk to the Starbucks, get the Starbucks every morning and walk home. So that's something you could do if you live in a walking distance to something that can help to give you something to look forward to. Um, now what I do is there's a couple of different grocery stores around me and Tom Thumb, which is if you're a Carolina listener, I feel like it's equivalent to like Harris Teeter. It's a pretty just like generic, but a little bit of upper tier generic grocery store. Nothing super fun and exciting, but I try to purposely like not get everything on my grocery list so that every day I have a reason to walk to the grocery store, get something and then come back. Even sometimes if it's just like a bouquet of flowers and it's exactly about 30 minutes from where I live to walk there and then walk back. So I always have a reason to have to go. Now I can drive if I really want to, but I say, okay, Ella, like you're going to feel so much better if you walk there. So that is kind of my tip for it. I used to listen to podcasts or like make sure I only listen to a daily podcast episode there. But recently I haven't even really been listening to podcasts. I've been listening to music, which definitely helps. But I really just love walking in silence because I'm a sociopath. (laughs) I also just like, like, because I I feel like I get a lot of thoughts out. I just really like think about my day. I get a lot of creative ideas as far as content when I just am in silence and am forced to think about things. The third tip is to use any excuse you can to walk a little bit more. I would say this is the biggest tip that I tell clients and it's kind of their biggest like aha moments. So if you're starting out walking, I would really recommend this. And this is probably something I do and don't even realize it, which is why I don't talk about it a lot for myself. But really all those add up. Remember that it takes about like 10 minutes to walk a thousand steps. So if you just find 10 opportunities in the day to walk about 10 minutes, you'll have it down. I had a client one time and she did this where she took a break every time her Apple watch said to get up and stand. And she took a 10 minute walking break inside of her house and she got 10,000 steps by the end of the day without having to do any big chunk of time. So it totally is doable. But some things that clients have used that work are to take the stairs at work. I do that. I do not take the stairs up here, but I take the stairs down. It's four floors. I probably should take the stairs up. But again, I get my 10,000 steps without having to do that. But I do take the stairs down. Um, Also using a bathroom that's further away, using a water machine that's further away. Along that, I do recommend maybe not getting like a full jug of water, but I think a smaller water bottle 
if you will consistently fill it up, can help you to get more steps in because I have to drink about three or four of these a day. And if I'm here all day, that makes me have to go walk to the water station a lot. So I can, you know, add in about five minutes of walking. That's about 500 steps. Also parking further away. It can be as simple as like parking further away at church or I try to just make sure I'm not looking for like the closest parking spot possible. I'll be okay with like parking further back knowing like, hey, at least I'm getting some steps in if I park further away. I had a client once tell me she just walks down all the aisles of the grocery store every time she's out the grocery store, which I think is a really great idea. It also will maybe get you familiar with some more items at the grocery store. Also, don't cut all corners. So I know we have a lot of great cutting corners things at our disposal as far as like Instacart, Uber Eats, but it does cut down on steps. So I'm totally not against these items. If it will help you to be healthier, go for it. But if you are sitting on the couch on the weekend, and using Instacart or Uber Eats when you could have walked there. That's a way to get in some steps. So going to the grocery store really does help to get in some steps. Um, Also, if you are currently walking, a lot of conversation I have with clients is maybe just to extend your walk just by 10 minutes. Like it can make a big difference if you're walking your dog, you're not walking them for very long. Try to take them a little bit like 10 minutes longer if you can in the morning or after the sun sets. And hey, if you do that twice a day, that is 20 minutes. That is 2,000 steps, and that's a lot. And then lastly, take walking breaks. So another client story. I just finished up with a client, and she did amazing. And she really started implementing walking breaks. So she had a one of those jobs where she kind of worked like four 10 to 12-hour shifts. So it was really hard for her to do a really long walking time outside of her working hours during those days. So she implemented about four or five 10-minute walking breaks. So that means by the end of her workday, she got like four to 5,000 steps, which is a lot. And she was really surprised because she's somebody who really started with only like 15 to 2,000 steps. She never thought that she'd be able to increase. And so we just implemented these short walks throughout her day, which could just be walking to the farther bathroom. Like I said, walking to the water fountain or even walking around her building. She worked in a hospital. So Hospitals are great because there's a lot of areas to walk around. You could just walk around a whole unit and you'd probably get in a lot of steps. So see if you can do that and you would really surprise yourself. Last tip for walking that I have for you is to try to build walks into your social life on the weekend. So I don't really commonly talk about this because I think it's better to have a sustainable routine with the first three tips that I told you, but it can be easier if you can make it fun on the weekends to do something. I've had clients that will really reconnect with a friend or a sister by walking for a long time in the weekend. And it's a great time to talk. If you're already talking to them for like an hour on the phone, anyway, you can go for it. I even do this. If I have a friend I'm trying to catch up with from back home and I know it's going to be like an hour long talk, I'll try to plan it to call them around a time where I can at least walk. But I think something you could do is even go on a coffee walk with a friend. So instead of going to a coffee shop and just sitting there, Maybe picking a coffee shop that has like a good walking loop, either downtown in your city, or even if it's just by a park or something, get the coffee and then walk for an hour. You Honestly, when you walk with a friend, I feel like I could walk like two hours and not even notice it. So do that instead of just sitting down or going for brunch. Also hikes. I don't live in an area, obviously, in like northern Texas where we are able to hike, but all of my California clients and like Vermont clients, I'm so jealous Go on those hikes, take advantage of all that because those can really add up on the weekends to get your steps in. And like I said, if you get more steps on the weekend, if you get something like 20,000 steps on a Saturday or a Sunday, it averages out. So you don't have to walk as much during the week. 
If it's your partner that is holding you back, you walk with them. I mean, walking is one of the easiest things I think that you can do as far as effort to uh, try to get healthier. So everybody should be doing it, even your kids, but use it as quality time with your partner. I'll share a story that I know, uh, Kristen, and I hope you don't get mad at me for sharing this. Um, she uses it to, she said that multiple times she's walked with her, uh, husband and that's the time they used to catch up. And I love that. I wish that my partner would do that with me, but he won't. So I think like if you have a partner that would be up for it, it's a great time to just touch base and talk about your day and, and use it as a date. It's a great way to get healthier together to use that. And then lastly, if you have kids and they you know, they need to get active too. Maybe they don't want to go on a walk, but dump them off in the playground and you walk around it on the weekends. Or if they're at like soccer games or baseball games or something like that, walk around the uh, the field or the pitch or whatever. And that way you can get in some steps while they're doing their thing as well. But I hope that these are useful tips for you. I just wanted to revitalize and re-motivate you to be walking during this time. It's still important. Even as the daylight gets a little less for us to continue our walking. So good luck on this and really make sure to take part in the challenge this month on Millennial Living. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.